0: The King's Council community is designed to equip entrepreneurs to operate in excellence through proven, God-given templates and kingdom principles. Now, we believe that entrepreneurship is God-given, which is why our mission is to create wealth and provision for the purpose of confirming God's covenant on this earth. So, whether you are a new entrepreneur or heck, maybe you're looking to become one, looking to go from employed to deployed, then we have a program for you. Or if you're an existing business leader looking for that tribe or that community to run with to discover what true success and prosperity in life actually is, not just within the financial means but mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually as well. If you're looking for that purpose, or if you know that God has more purpose for you in the kingdom, then the king's council is the tribe for you. Like-mindsetted, bold, kingdom leaders on mission, willingly engaging in the battle of business, continually conquering new territories to bring the spoils of the world back into the kingdom. The Kingdom Economy. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and we are continuing in this series on the seven days of creation, God's given blueprint on how to create. If we're looking to create anything, if we walk through this system in this specific structure and the specific order that God has given us, it is a foolproof plan. I'm telling you, it, it has never failed. And uh, it, it just works every single time. I don't even know. I mean, it's just remarkable that we have this blueprint to work off of, yet so many of us skip over steps. We rush to certain steps. And today, I'm I'm so excited to dive into this, specifically this day of, of day five, which we call momentum, really because I was, uh, have been, uh, you know, <laughs> really up until the last couple years of my life, I was always the one that would rush to day five. I would just, I would skip over a lot of things just with that shiny object syndrome. And it's like, let's go, right? Like, let's go. And as if you're an entrepreneur, I, I got to believe that, that some of you can relate to this and just the importance of getting back to the basics here. So, you know, we've gone through day one, which was vision. Okay. It's important for us to, to have vision. God said, let there be light. He created, he cast that vision. He spoke again, key component out of all of these days that he spoke life, he spoke everything into existence that does not change at all on day five here. Day two, then he created the atmosphere, basically the 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 environment that we're around, right? So applicable to our our personal lives, what's the environment that we're creating, okay? It, whether it's in our home life, whether it's in our business, what's that cult, culture, what's that atmosphere like? Day three, then, is structure, okay? This is, is such an important day to really have that, that, game plan that playbook of not just your business plan but the playbook of of what to do how to operate does, does everybody have their defined roles within the business and then day 4 is that order right god created the, the sun the moon the stars in the sky to to really as a representation for us to understand that there's a season for everything right there, there's there's evening and there's morning and if we're able to track things we are able to like early on in the days, people would track the stars in the galaxy to determine what season it was. Okay, and if we're able to track those things in our business, we're able to know whether obviously we're we have these key performing indicators wh- whether we're succeeding or not. Right? What? How do we know if we're not measuring anything? Uh, it's it's impossible for us to manage anything. And God, we are God's managers on this earth. So the importance of day four is i mean if you have not listened to that of any of those make sure you go back listen to listen to these in order okay vision atmosphere structure order and then today we're on what i call momentum day 5 is momentum here with this 7 day of creation blueprint okay cuz on on this day god still created okay it's still he he's still creating everything during these through day 6 until everything was was created and then he rested Okay, and then we'll get to that here over the next couple episodes, but specifically he on this day, he started to create the animals. He started to actually create life, okay? Animals were created to really live in the spaces, we're going to call it, that, that God had already created, okay? He prepared for them the atmosphere, okay? We're going to read through this in a second, but you're, you're going to hear God created the birds of the air on this day. He already created the atmosphere. God created the the fish of the sea. He already created the oceans in the sea. Okay, so God, the importance of this and just the understanding of of the the structure and the order that God has is He is a God of structure and order. There is a rhyme and a reason for everything. There is nothing that has been or ever will be by chance within the kingdom of God. Okay, and day five is is no different. So I'm gonna read this here quickly with you guys. We'll just we'll go through this quickly. We're picking up in Genesis again in chapter one, okay, the very beginning of Genesis, chapter one, verses twenty, it says, And God said, Let the water team with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living and moving thing with which the water teams, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning on the fifth day. Okay, that was Genesis 1, 20 through 23. All right, so there's no land animals yet. I want to make sure you guys understand that, that there's, there's no dogs and cows or anything like that yet. God has, has right now at this point, he, he created the fish. All the creatures in the water, like all the crazy creatures, which I don't know the exact statistics on this, but I was, I was diving deep into this and I'm going to share some of these things in a second with you guys. But there's like, you know, estimated thousands, like thousands of creatures that have not even actually been discovered yet deep within the, the ocean floor. And just to think like God created that, that's incredible what he's done and that we're still learning these things. We're still discovering these things thousands and thousands and thousands of years later. So fish of the, the sea, birds of the air is the main focus of today. And as I was preparing for this, I was just like, okay, what, what's the significance of these two types of creatures? Okay, why did God create them first? Because if you look back back to God being structure and order, everything that he created up until this point was, a, was specific for that period of time, right? He, he said, let there be light out of nothing, the earth was formed. Okay. And then it was, we we needed land. So God, well, God separated the heavens from the earth and then we needed land. So he peeled back the waters and then there was land in order for plants and trees and things to take place. But then from there, we needed sunlight, right? Plants and trees and them, they can't live without sunlight and we can't actually produce oxygen without the sun and photosynthesis. And I mean, a bunch of science that goes into that. But if you actually understand this, if you remember back to your high school science classes, it's like, oh man, this is pretty incredible. Because then all of that had to be created up until day five. Otherwise, the fish of the sea wouldn't have had a place to live, right? The birds of the air wouldn't have had a place to live. And so then it came back to what was the significance of the fish of the sea and the birds of the air? What was like the the main reason why God would create them before us even, because at the end of the day, God created us to actually rule and and dominate, to have dominion over these animals. So then why in the world would he create them first? And it's incredible. I'm gonna just get, I, partly guys, I, I like to just dive into this just to explore the magnificence of our creator. And then we're obviously gonna get into how this applies into our daily lives, whether no matter what we're creating, if it's our our marriage, our relationship with our family, Uh, And then we obviously coach a lot about in business and how this applies to our our businesses and how we can operate off of this God-given blueprint, right? But I I still just want to dive into just the magnificence of our creator. And so often we think, I'm sure you guys have probably been there when somebody gives you like that, an idea and you're like, man, why didn't I think of that? I just want you to know, like God already thought of everything. I guess maybe it's the peace that we can have just knowing that the sovereignty and, and incredibleness of, of who he is, we're never going to be like, man, God didn't really think of that. Like, no, he's already thought of everything. Everything that ever was created has already been created. And then you'll see through this and, and well, you'll see it on day six that God created us in his image to essentially be co-creators with him to continue, continue this creation process using the giftings and everything that he's already created. And so I, I just want just, to just hone in on that, that he's created everything to the fine details of the reasoning of day five of the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. So what's the importance of, let's just dive into the, the birds of the air initially. What is the importance? And so when we're talking birds of the air. We're talking more than just birds here. It's basically any flying creature. Okay. So this could be butterflies, uh, bees. I was diving into this too. I didn't have any idea that there's like 20,000 segments of bees. Like, I don't, I mean, that's just hard for me to even fathom and understand, but knowing that God created that, like to the detail of that is unbelievable because each one has an intended purpose. No different than you have an intended purpose on this earth. So some of this people can just think of like, ah, yeah, whatever, whatever. But just actually sit with that uh, for a second. Every creature, everything that was created, annoying mosquitoes. Okay, this is one that gets me. It's like, I freaking hate mosquitoes, but there's an intended purpose for them, right? Think of that, that's the most annoyed thing that, that you can think of. And it's like, what? There can't be a purpose for that. But I'm telling you, there is an intended purpose for every single thing that was created. Okay. and it's not just humans; it's 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 animals and birds and fish as well. So let's dive into the birds. Okay, flying animals—I guess we'll we'll just call it—because I'm talking not just birds, but butterflies, bees, anything that that flies. Their one of their main jobs is actually to to pollinate, and actually upwards of ninety percent of the world's plants—and I got some stats here—seventy-five percent of food crops are actually pollinated. Because of flying animals, birds and, and and bees and and all the little guys that that fly around, one of their their main reasons was to pollinate. Okay, so crops. Okay, we're talking upwards of seventy five percent of food crops, and ninety percent of the world's plants are pollinated from these these flying creatures. Just think about that. So God created the the plants, He created the the trees, and then He's obviously needs something to you know, with the sun, and then ultimately to pollinate those in order for them to be productive, to actually produce fruit, there is a rhyme and a reason. Okay? And a lot of this is going to come back to just the body of Christ. I believe, I believe like what we're seeing here is just a representation of what we as human beings are called to do. Like everybody, every single thing has a purpose. And if we can operate in within our purpose, not trying to do somebody else's purpose, right? I think it was Albert Einstein that had this quote of, if we judge a fish based upon how well it can climb a tree, the fish would fail. It would be a failure. We would be judging that fish on somebody else's purpose, not for the intended God-given purpose, okay? And this is why, and I could go deep in this, this is why I think the school system today judges kids, students on things that you know may not be they're they're gifting their talents, and so it, it it's there's just a weight that gets put on children when they're they're pressured into not operating within their God given talents and abilities. Now, obviously, there's basic things that we need to know in school: reading, writing, everything along those lines. But from there, let's actually help them think creatively. Let's actually help them to understand what their giftings and their strengths are. Right? Help them just to internally spend time with God and and just understand why they were created what gets them excited what what breaks their heart right imagine if we did this at a young age which is by by the way we are in the process of of building out the king's academy which is our youth leadership development program everything from entrepreneurship to to just thinking creatively to you know how to start a business uh, but ultimately how to how to just how to think maybe outside of the box, but still within the box of the kingdom. How about that? Not We're not just going to accept that we're training our kids, we're indoctrinating our kids to, to just go with the flow, right? Just to uh, accept everything that they're being told without putting it back on or or building off of the foundation of the Bible, right? And this is why I'm so excited about, really, it's, it's one of the main reasons why the King's Council has even been established was because of just was was part of my the god-given vision of, of a few years ago when all of this started to actually take place and and that's why I'm just I'm committing and I'm getting back to finishing this program or at least getting a a version of it out to the public so we can actually start to raise up the next generation of leaders so off my soapbox on that but back to the the birds of the air and the importance of them okay and then into the fish it's like, why do fish? What's so important of, of what's so important about the fish? At the same time that God created the birds, and it's—I mean, it's really interesting. Obviously, when we think of you know the birds are in the air, fish are in the sea. And I thought back to even just um, one of my buddies uh, who was a missionary. He was building these these hydroponics systems, we'll call them, and then even into aquaponic systems. And it's just so interesting how from a fertilization standpoint the, the nutrients that that when a bird eats a fish and then a bird digest all of that you can get the image on this and then where that is is where that lands okay uh, essentially helps to fertilize whether it's it is the land or if it's back into the ocean the coral reefs and how everything is just this an incredible ecosystem that God has created because of the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, right? Specifically, I mean, I can go so deep into this. I'm not going to for the sake of this episode, but their role in the ecosystem was that. like, it, So God's created the, the atmosphere, which then there has to be uh, oxygen and nitrogen. And, and all of that from the fish, the amount of nitrogen that fish actually essentially recycle through their body that then in turn goes to fertilize other areas of, of the earth. It's it's just remarkable that how God has created this from day five. Like day five, he's thought all the details out of how this earth can be first off, the, the placement of this atmosphere, the placement of the other planets, the solar system, sun, the moon, and now into the nitty-gritty details of how we can have sustainable life on this earth. And birds and fish have, are a big uh, proponent, or they are a big reason why we can actually have crops that we can grow. Right? We can actually—I mean, we obviously we obviously eat fish for protein and and our omegas and good healthy fats, but also just the the byproducts of them and how those support the birds and the birds support the fish, which is partly laying this foundation of how this applies. To our own lives. As I was going through this as well, one of the things that, as I was kind of meditating on this, that, that dawned on me is you guys think of, you know, I, I'm I'm literally going down such a rabbit hole on this when when I'm I'm googling and I'm like, okay, fish, what the importance of fish in the ecosystem? Like these these are the type of things that I, w- I was searching out and understanding, you know, how they can affect the birds of the air and then vice versa, and then all of a sudden these huge images of these huge schools of fish pop on the screen. And I'm like, oh man, that's interesting. Because how many of you, can you think of like a school of fish? You guys have seen it. You've probably seen it on video or maybe you're, you've are you been in the ocean or you you've, you're, you've have snorkeled or scuba dived and you've, you've witnessed this where they're just like this amazing school of hundreds and thousands of fish that are just swimming all in, in the same motion and the same movement. And none of them are like colliding into each other. Right. Just think about that for a second. Just like it's almost like they're just like dancing together and there's a rhythm of life that they're operating by. And and there's a reason why why fish actually swim in that school. Okay. If you guys remember, there's there's that school of fish. Part of it is for protection. Okay. They they need to have that, that protection, but it also helps them to find food and to, you know, have more eyes the better. Right. And then I start I, I went down that rabbit hole. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking in, into birds. And I'm like, yeah, birds actually, they fly in flocks, right? We've all heard that analogy, like birds that flock together, right? And it's like the same concept. Birds actually fly together to defend themselves against predators, um, and they can actually see more opportunities for food. And it's just so interesting on on how, why God created these, you know, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and how instinctively they've learned or the... They're not even learned. I got to believe just they, they instinctively gathered together and they, they worked in, in a motion that was for the greater good. Okay, birds, that, then they're flying together. They're working together in a motion that's for the greater good, right? The, the flock of birds or, or the school of fish. So how does that, and I'm sure you guys can kind of understand where I'm going with this, but how does that relate or how does that affect us today in our, in our everyday life? Okay, because we've gone through, Day one, again, vision. We created the atmosphere of which we're operating within. We've then created the structure. Okay. We've got the order. And then today, as I mentioned, this is momentum. Okay. So if you, again, if you look at everything that God created up until now, He was setting the stage for this day. He couldn't have created this day without first creating the four days needed. Everything that He created was needed in order for this day to actually take place. We needed water, okay, we needed air, we needed land, he needed plants, he needed trees, and now he needed the fish of the sea and the birds of the air in order to sustain what he has already created. I want you guys to to understand that. Day five, the animals that he created on this day were created in order to sustain what he had already created. Day five was a part of the original vision and the atmosphere that God created. And then the structure that was in place, day five was a part of that. Okay. The order that had to take place, day five was a part of that. God's business plan was designed for everything that we know today, everything that we see today to work together for the good of each other. Okay. So think about this guys. in your marriage right now, we can go back through these days again in your marriage. Have you communicated your vision? Have you created the atmosphere? Have you implanted that structure in the order of when you guys are doing things together? Who's responsible for what? And then day five then, are we operating within that plan? Okay, Are we assisting each other? Like the fish and the birds, they know they're operating within their roles. They're operating in excellence within their roles, knowing that if if they do their job, if they are just naturally a fish, if a bird is just naturally a bird, they know that that is a part of... creation. Now they don't necessarily know that, but this is what I'm getting at guys. If, if I am a husband and I'm operating as a husband, I'm, I'm doing everything that I know to be, which God reveals to us how to be that type of husband eventually. Okay. Or a, a wife, if you're operating, fulfilling your role as a wife. Okay. In doing every, doing what we are intended to do. The other person is doing their role. We're operating in excellence. Now we can gain momentum. Okay, now we can we can actually have momentum in our relationship because I'm not operating on 50% of my spouse's efforts and she's operating on 50 of mine. No, I'm operating 100% of my efforts of what I know that I was created to do. She's operating on 100% of her efforts, what she knows that she was created to do. We've communicated about that. We have a structure in place. We have order in place, accountability in place. Okay, but if we don't have, we if we haven't communicated and we haven't implemented the accountability there is, will never be momentum okay i want i want you guys to be crystal clear on that and this is what where i struggled with as an entrepreneur i immediately had an idea it was a not 2020 vision it was like a 6080 vision and i'm like that's great rush to momentum nobody else knew what the heck i was doing the culture wasn't created the, the structure certainly wasn't in place. And I wasn't, I didn't have anybody to help keep me accountable for certain things as far as order goes. So I'm rushing to momentum and getting frustrated as I'll get out, right? Think about this in your relationship right now. Are either of you frustrated with what's going on? Okay. And this is the beautiful thing of this, this blueprint that, that's, that God has given us, guys. If either of you are frustrated, and it doesn't have to be both of you, okay, it could be one of you feeling that. The other is, is, is not communicating. And you may be thinking that you're communicating great. Okay. But your responsibility as a husband, I'm speaking to men right now, is to make sure to, to lead your spouse, your, your wife in the manner that the way Christ in, had the relationship with the church, that is, is what you are called to do and be. Okay. So if your spouse is not feeling in that manner, that's on you. Okay. So here, how do we, what do we do here? Go back to the blueprint. If there's no momentum, go back to order. Is there any sort of order? Is there any sort of accountability? Are we tracking anything? And if, if that's not the case, then let's go back to structure. Do we even have a plan for our relationship? Have we communicated about who does what when? Who's picking up the kids? Who's, uh, have, we, have we actually coordinated a date night? Have we started to create that atmosphere in our life? And if not, then go all the way back to the vision. What was the true vision? What is the vision? Hey guys, and it's important to know this, that we should go back and revisit this on a regular basis. Okay, because sometimes with life that's coming at us, visions can change. Okay, I want you to be clear. The vision that I had when I was 19 looked nothing like the vision that I have right now. Okay, now part of that was because of the the maturation process that God allowed me to go through. God allowed me to make a lot of stupid mistakes, but then come to this understanding and, and now the vision that, that I have and the vision that Ash has, we can come together and share that with each other to build the atmosphere, to create that culture, and then implement the structure and order in order for us to actually have momentum. Knowing that everything that I do should be helping to sustain everything that she's doing as well. Like Because we've communicated about this. right? Everything that the bird is doing, living its life as a bird, is helping to sustain the quality life of a fish everything the fish is doing from from eating to digesting that to how that's affecting the algae to the bird eating the fish to, it's just incredible, guys. And then the fish, or excuse me, fish providing nutrients for the bird and, and then even the nitrogen, down to the nitrogen that that produces for the bird in order for them to digest and excrete elsewhere and how that affects the plants of the land. I mean, it's incredible. And this is, again, a bird is operating as a bird. A fish is operating as a fish. They have clear, a fish is not trying to be a bird. A bird is not trying to be a fish. And so how, this, how does this relate into our business? I'm sure you guys are tracking with me on this. Okay. Do we have that clear vision? Is the atmosphere good? Do we have a business plan? Do we have that playbook? Are we measuring tasks and responsibilities so that day five, if we're operating in excellence within our, our roles, that we've been given within the organization, if we've communicated this appropriately, if we're, we're handling what we are responsible for, operating in excellence at that point, and only at that point can we actually gain momentum. Okay, so if, for example, is marketing operating excellence? Are they producing leads? If so, then passing those leads onto the sales team. Is the sales team operating in excellence? They're not worried or complaining about the marketing team that producing bad leads. No, the sales team is focused on sales. Marketing's focused on marketing. Marketing's not complaining that the leads that they're providing, the sales team is not selling. Okay, I'm sure some of this is is hitting home for a few of us. Okay, now once we've sold it, the sales team then passes it on to the fulfillment team. We'll call it the back end of this. Okay, are they taking care of that customer now, and are they fulfilling that their duties in which was actually sold? Okay, what, did the sales team communicate, or now is the sales team frustrated because they've sold something? that the, the fulfillment team is not doing, uh, or maybe they didn't know they were supposed to be doing because communication wasn't there, right? It, it, if everybody is operating in excellence, there's, a, there's the atmosphere, there's the structure, there's order in place, everybody's operating in excellence. At that point, and only at that point, can we actually gain momentum, okay? This is so, so important, guys. If you wanna gain momentum, in order for you to ever scale your business, which we're gonna get into t- on, on next week's, on day six, you ever want to scale, you have to have this in place. You have to have momentum before you can ever scale this thing. And knowing the importance of this is that that one role, one role is ultimately helping to sustain the other person's role. Not that I have to worry or stress about that role, but I I I know if I'm doing my job, Scott and I always have we have a, a saying here. We call it we we say the pilots fly, the chefs cook. And if everybody has a role and if everybody chooses to operate in excellence, you hear what I said that chooses. Because so many people sit back and they think, Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be excellent because she's not being excellent. You know, they're not doing their job. Why should I have to do mine? Right. If that's your mindset, get it together. Okay. Because who you're responsible to is not just your boss. You play for an audience of one in this life. And if you understand that and you go and you operate in life in that manner. It's amazing how when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all other things will be given unto us. If we have one job, if we have one focus, if we have one thing to do in life, it is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will get taken care of. And we do that by choosing excellence in everything that we do. Okay. I hope you guys are tracking with me on this. I don't want to go too, too much further into this, but I do love just this understanding of operating in excellence and really operating as a team. Okay? Because if, if you're a one-man show right now, you can still kind of get through this. Okay? But if if you have if you want to generate any sort of momentum, if anything that you're doing you want to scale, the only way to scale is with people. Okay? The only way to scale is actually to get to day 5 and have day 6 and we scale. We multiply. Okay? We subdue and we take dominion on this earth. And I, and I love just coming back to how animals do it. Right? We talked about the fish of the sea and the schools of these thousands and thousands of fish that just they never run into each other, but they're just swimming. And the, the, the energy between them is just like, it has to be like electric. Like they know internally which way a person is going. Imagine if your business and your organization was operating in that way. Imagine that. Or let's go back to the birds, for example. Okay, let's let's go back to the example of of geese and how they fly together. Okay, we've often heard this, like geese, they fly in a V, right? If you guys remember, if you can think about, it, you've seen geese flying in a V. And when they're flying in a V... Well, how about this? When they're flying in a V, you guys ever think about this? When you when you look up in the sky, you're seeing those birds fly in a V, there's always one side that's a little bit longer than the other. Can you guys think that? Like there's that one side There's always a little bit longer than the other. Think about why that actually is. Well, the real reason is there's just more birds on that side. <laughs> I always I tell this joke at our live events and and literally it's crickets. And so no different here that I'm doing a solo podcast, but I'm hoping you're getting a chuckle out of this. Uh, that it's a dad joke. Uh, I said that to, to Ellie, and she barely gives me a laugh as well. But um, I'm still I'm not going to stop on these dad jokes. But anyways, back to back to the topic here. Birds are flying in a V. There is a real reason why, regardless of how many are on either side of the V, there is a real reason why that geese fly together. I mean, you've heard us probably say this before. If if you want to go Fast, it's easy to go alone. Okay. In fact, it's probably better to go alone if you're just looking to go fast. But if you're looking to go far, you got to go together. Okay. And when geese and, and birds, even fish, right? But when they're traveling long distances, they do it together. And here's the real reasoning together, when, when geese actually fly together, they actually fly 70% further than flying solo. Okay. They can fly 70% further than actually just flying alone. And here's an interesting thing too. Each of them actually takes a role in, in who's, the, who's the tip of the spear on this thing. Who's leading that V. They actually take turns. They, take, they practice taking leadership roles on who's gonna take the brunt of that wind, right? That, that wind resistance that's actually coming at them. So it's pretty amazing that, they're, that God created them this way to they just know. We're gonna fly together. We're gonna fly further together And then we're gonna rotate leadership roles on who's taking the brunt of this. They're gonna, they're gonna take up, you know, it's like military days. Who's staying up, who's staying awake and while everybody else rests, who's staying awake and then they take turns? Okay. It's it's just incredible that that birds just know this instinctively. And then the other thing that that birds do is they communicate all the time. You guys know what I mean by this. They're honking at each other, right? Honk, honk. Right, can be annoying at times as they're flying by, but that's not just to annoy us or give us a heads up that they're flying by and look out for for droppings ahead. No, they're they're communicating with each other. Okay, that's how they communicate with each other as as they're flying. Right, so essentially they're they're holding each other accountable in this manner. And then the last one is if any of them were to actually get injured. Okay, or maybe one gets it's too tired; they just can't continue on or they get winged, right? And they, they fall out, okay? They, they've gotta take a rest, they gotta take a break. Here's a very, very cool thing that I learned about them is when one person falls out, it's not just one other goose that, that comes alongside them and, and actually uh, goes with them. It's not just one, it's actually two. Two other geese fall out and they remi- remain with the weak one to actually protect it and keep it safe. For many other predators, isn't that crazy? So, if one goose that f- we're flying in a V, they're one, they're taking turns, they're rotating. They know they can go further together. They're communicating with each other, rotating, and then when one falls out, it's like you know honk honk at each other. Who's going to go take care of of Bob who who's you know he's winged, he's he's hurt, he's injured. Two others actually veer off through their communication, and they f- they go down and they protect right. And let me tell you. My- <laughs> Our French bulldogs know what it's like to have, have geese you know, when they get huge, they uh, span their wings and they're, I mean, they're nasty. They can be very mean animals if they feel threatened, right? And as they're protecting each other or protecting their, their own babies, okay? So I just think that that's so interesting that, that birds know to do that, fish know to do that instinctively, okay? And, and so when we relate that back to our, our business, when we're all working for the same purpose, Birds being a bird, fish is being a fish. We know what our role is in the business. We're working for that purpose, okay? Everybody knows what they're doing because in day five, it says that they were to be fruitful and they were to multiply, okay? That's not just a a commandment that that we'd been given, but the fish and the birds were also to be fruitful, to multiply, okay? This is just, again, setting the stage, the beginning stages of what I believe is, is our job, the body of Christ. Everybody operating in excellence, a perfectly orchestrated creation that God had. Everybody's operating in excellence. Once we have that dialed in, then and only then can we move into day six in which you'll see we are going to multiply. We're gonna subdue. We're gonna have dominion on this earth. I'm gonna leave it at that, guys. We'll see you on next week's episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. If you loved what you heard, give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also watch this episode and much more on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash King's Council Coaching.